Sometimes I feel no one's ever been in this place before. This is hard, and I'm not sure that I can do this anymore. I know someday I'll look back, and all these won't seem real. But Lord, right now I need you to know just how I feel when there are no words to say. And no prayer that I can pray, hear my heart. When I don't have strength to try, and I've cried all I can cry, hear my heart. Cause you know every fear and every doubt I cannot speak you know all the ways I need you and all the ways I'm weak so I'll be quiet so you can hear my heart every now and then I recall a simple phrase or melody It comforts and it quiets, lifts me up And then it carries me Far above the pain and hurt I think will never end The song speaks words I cannot and calms the fears within when there are no words to say and no prayer that I can pray hear my heart when I don't have strength to cry and I've cried all I can cry hear my heart Cause you know every fear and every doubt I cannot speak. You know all the ways I need you and all the ways I'm weak. So I'll be quiet so you can hear my heart. Lord, I'll be quiet. So you can hear my heart. Look with me this morning in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 2. Are y'all glad to be here today? It is good to see everybody. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's so good to have people that used to come here years ago, and uh, it's good to have visitors. And uh, I tell you, I'm thankful for 150 plus years of ministry in this church. And uh, I'm thankful, I'm going to say that again, maybe y'all amen this time. 
I'm thankful for what God has done the past 150 plus years. Amen. God has been good. To Him be the glory for it. He gets credit for it. He has done this. He's preserved this church. He's going to keep us going. Amen. He continues to save souls. And I'm thankful for everybody that He's used in this past 150 plus years and all that He's done here. And I'm just glad He let me be just a small part of it. Amen. And I'm so glad to be here. We have, I think, about six families in Washington, D.C. We've got families scattered about. But I tell you, God has blessed our services today. He's brought a lot of visitors. Thank you, singers, for singing today. And it's all been good. And it's all been to the honor and glory of the Lord. But I'm thankful for the testimony of Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. I'm promised of her testimony. And everywhere I go to see the effects that this church has had on this community in the last 150 years. To see the effects in our work. As I go around, I hear people all the time, man, my grandma used to go to Promised Land. That's where we got our start. And I, just everywhere I go, there is the effects of the testimony of this church. And I'm thankful for that today. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word in Joshua chapter 2. Not only are we here today for singing, but we're here to worship Jesus. And I pray that the Lord will allow us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Joshua chapter 2, and in verse 9, we'll begin our reading. The spies are sent in, and uh, the Jericho uh, is sent into Jericho, and the Lord is fixing to prepare His people to go in. He sent the spies in, and they come into a, a house of Rahab. And the king of Rahab heard about this and heard that spies have come in. And basically she lied about it. She's trying to preserve these men. And I want you to hear the account here that she has with these men, these spies, in verse number 9. And she said unto them, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. And when ye came out of Egypt, and when ye did unto the, unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God... He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token, and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. Their Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of Your Word. Have Your blessings upon it. Lord, save souls in this place today. We love You and we praise You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on this subject, the power of a testimony. The power of a testimony. A testimony is simply this. It is a written or spoken statement that gives evidence or proof of an event that has taken place. And I believe as God's people, we have a testimony. There is an event that has taken place in the life of a child of God that is greater than any other event in their life. May I tell you the greatest event in my life is the day that Jesus saved my soul. 
and I am a witness and a testimony of the power of God. I'm telling you, we don't have to have a bunch of signs. We don't have to have a bunch of wonders. We don't have to have a bunch of visions because we have the Word of God in our hands. Not only do we have the Word of God in our hands, but we have the witness and the testimonies of our brothers and sisters in Christ who provide the evidence of the reality and power of God. You say, preacher, how do you know that God is powerful? I can tell you today how powerful He is. You could stand today all over the house. We could spend all day rejoicing in the power of God. God is real today. God is alive today, and we know that because of the work that He's done in our life. I don't know about you, but I've been given a testimony. I have a witness today, and I have an obligation to share that witness and that testimony. Today in our Scripture, we read of a woman by the name of Rahab that has been given an account of the things that God had been doing for the nation of Israel. I want you to notice what she said in verse 9. And she said unto the men, I know. Then we go over in verse 10, For we have heard how the Lord... And I I love that because we don't know who told her this, but somebody somewhere began to talk about the goodness of the Lord. While this woman was living in Jericho, the nation of Israel was in the wilderness. And while she was living in Jericho, God was doing some mighty things out there in the wilderness. Now, she didn't have a King James Bible like we have today. She didn't have uh, the, the, the different prophets and all in her life because they were out in the wilderness. But somewhere, somehow, people began to talk about the events that were going on in that wilderness. And how they got back to Jericho, I will never know. I don't know how it got back to Jericho, but it got back to Jericho. And the things of God began to spread because people began to give their eyewitness account of the power of God. And I'm telling you, when an event takes place, you know you live in Hamburg, Arkansas. When an event takes place, everybody's going to know it, right? Man, I'm telling you, with Facebook, it's so easy today to share that testimony, to share that witness of what we've seen or what we've heard. Well, let me tell you something. We have a testimony about the Lord today. And it was so great that we need to tell it. Somebody somewhere got into Jericho with the report of what was going on in the wilderness, and they began to share. And may I tell you that that testimony of the power of God is so powerful that it changes people. Let me tell you what happened in this, in this testimony. This testimony got to a harlot. This woman lived in sin. She lived a lifestyle in opposition to the will of God. But in the midst of her lifestyle, she heard about the goodness of God. In the midst of her sin, she heard about the power of God. And if God can can release from bondage an entire nation, nation, surely He can come in and release an old harlot from her sins. Amen? And she heard about this. And this woman that was a harlot heard about the goodness of God. Not only was she a harlot, but think about her heritage for a minute. 
She was raised to worship pagan gods. And the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to her was a false god. And she had heard all of this and she was taught her entire life, do not bow down to that God, that God is not real, that God is not holy, that God is not just. She was told her entire life that that God is not a real God. But as the stories begin to come in of the testimony and the power of God, those testimonies changed her opinion about the Lord. May I tell you, a testimony is powerful today. It is powerful enough that it changed this woman. I want you to notice, number one, about a power, the power of a testimony. Number one, a declaration of God's goodness. And that's what a testimony is. It is a declaration of God's goodness. I want you to look in verse 9. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and when ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sion, and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. How did this woman... Get this testimony. Because people begin to share the things that they had seen and the things they had experienced of the Lord. May I tell you as God's people that we are commanded to declare the goodness of God. If God has been good to you, God has commanded you to share that goodness with everybody that you come in contact with. Do you know why Rahab got saved? Because everybody that this word came along got down inside of their heart and it was so good and so great they had to go tell somebody of what God had done. Child of God, we're commanded to go share the goodness of the Lord. Paul said to Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 1.8, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Child of God, we shouldn't be ashamed of what God has done in our life. We shouldn't be ashamed of our salvation. We shouldn't be ashamed of the goodness of God. If you're not ashamed, we ought to be telling everybody what God has done. And sometimes we're scared. Sometimes we're worried what people are going to say. Sometimes we're scared of the reaction. Friend, if God has saved your soul, you share it with everybody. You share it with everybody of everything that God has done in, in your life. In Luke eight thirty nine, y'all remember uh, the maniac of the Gadarenes that had the demon down inside of him. And the Lord got a hold of him and cast the demon out. And there that day he got saved. I'm telling you, it changed his life. I'm telling you, the the home people come around, they didn't even recognize Him anymore. Aren't you glad God can change you like that? They didn't even recognize this man anymore. And Jesus was about to leave and, and this man said, I want to stay with you. And wherever you go, I want to go. And this is what Jesus told him, return to the house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. He said, as much as I would love for you to go with me, you got friends and family that need to hear what i just done in your life. They need to hear about my goodness and my greatness. Psalms 107, the psalmist David said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Church, is He good this morning? Are y'all awake this morning? Is He good today? God is good. David said, Give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say how good that He really is. You say, preacher, how do I declare the goodness of the Lord? Well, I thought about a few things. Number one, sharing the Word. You can share God's Word with everybody you come in contact with. We have Awana. They're reciting verses. Boom, 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 boom. When I get in there and I witness to these kids, they know more verses than I know. And I'm leading them to the Lord. And they're reciting these verses. And let me tell you, there's power in the Word of God. And we have a responsibility as God's people to share the power of His Word. And the more we get His Word out, the more people are going to hear about the goodness of the Lord. But I've heard it all. Man, I've heard it so many times. Preacher, I can't recite the Bible. Well, if you've been saved, you may not can quote the book of Genesis, but you've got something to share about the Lord. While you may not be able to quote a book, you can tell something about the goodness of God. Has God saved you today? Then you got a testimony. And let me tell you something, I can tell you all day about that day I was 13 years old and God saved my soul. But not only that day, every day God has been big in my life. God has been good in my life. And not only can I share about what God did to me when I was 13, I can share with what He does with me every single day. Tell somebody how good God has been to you. If God has been good to you, you've got a testimony. You've got something to share. Not only can we share our testimony and our story, but we can share it in song. Man, these songs have been wonderful. These songs have been great. And all of these songs are are speaking about the power of God and the greatness of God. And in these songs, the message of the Lord is being revealed. And His power is being revealed. I'll never forget one time in Texas, uh, man, this woman got up and brought the house down singing. And I sat over there and I said, man, I got under conviction. I said, and I had a message. And I said, I got to change this up. And I went up there. I said, let's have, let's have an invitation. Two or three souls got saved because of the testimony that was revealed in a song. Let me tell you something. The power of God can be revealed in many, many ways. How else can we do it? Indeed. May I tell you, as God's people, when we see other people hurting, we ought to hurt inside. And we ought to have compassion on them. And as God's people, when we see a need, it's our duty to reach out and meet that need. And when we reach out and meet that need, you know what that reveals? It reveals the goodness of the Lord. Because God has been good to me so that I can be good to others. And when I see people hurting and suffering and they're struggling financially, I can go out and I can help them because God has blessed me financially. God has been good to me. And I am to take the goodness of God and share that goodness with everybody else. Has God been good to you? God's commanded us to share that goodness. To share that goodness with those that don't don't have it like God has given us. God's been good to us. He has given us so much. Man, we are a blessed people today. And we are living in a community and in a nation that is hurting, starving, thirsting. I'm telling you, they need us today to go out and to look upon their need and to reach out and to show the goodness of God. Maybe it's stopping when you see somebody with a flat tire pulling over and just changing that tire for me when you leave, when they say thank you, say, no, don't thank me, thank the Lord. That's all you got to say, and God will get all the glory. It's the little things. 
It's the little things like when somebody is down and they're out and you just take a meal to their house. Man, that makes a difference, doesn't it? That makes an impact. There are little bitty things that we can do on a daily basis to show our neighbors and our family and the people we work with the goodness of the Lord. But I'm going to tell you the number one way is our lifestyle. You want to show people how good God is, live it out every single day in your life. And may I tell you this, the more you live it, the less you'll have to preach it. You won't have to preach it near as much if you'll live it in your life every single day. When something happens and that old devil tempts you, you I'm just going to use this for example, but you hit your hand with a, with a finger with a hammer, don't say the cuss word. Just try it. Just try it one time. Just react to things the way God's people should react. And watch the impact that you will have on people around you. And I've heard it, preacher. They didn't even cuss them. <laughs> I've heard it. Preacher, they didn't even throw a fit. What's wrong with them? They're saved is what's wrong with them. Let, may, may I tell you, the world needs to see Christ in us. We need to live pure and holy lives. And if you want to share the goodness of God, live in the goodness of God. Walk in the goodness of God and I promise people will see it. I want you to look in verse 11. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Number one, a declaration of God's goodness. Number two, it melts the hearts of men. Why is it so important that we share our testimony? Why is it so important that we dedicate ourselves to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because the Word of God and the goodness of God will melt the hearts of people. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The only way somebody can be saved, the only way that somebody can come to that knowledge, is by hearing the goodness of the Lord. Now listen to me. Y'all look here. Watch this. The goodness of God enters the ear of lost people. And it comes down into them, and it begins to get to their heart. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit of God takes those words takes that testimony, takes the things that we've talked about God, and begins to pierce the heart of that individual. Now, in this, I see the picture of the refiner. And in the Bible, God is referred to the refiner of men. And if you think about a refiner, a refiner is somebody who will take gold or silver, a hard substance, and will put it in the midst of fire, because before he can do anything with it, he has to soften it. As long as it's hard, the refiner cannot put his touches upon this metal. If this metal is going to form into the metal that its refiner wants it to be, it's going to have to get soft. It's going to have to soften. So he will put it in the fire, and in this it will begin to soften. And the more that it begins to soften, the more touch that this refiner will have upon this piece of metal. May I tell you that as the testimony of God's people enters the ears of lost people, it goes down into their hearts and their souls, and the Holy Spirit of God will take it to soften the hearts of men. Understand this, this woman got saved because she heard the testimony of God. This was a pagan worshiper 
This was a person who was raised to hate the Jews, the people of Israel, and most of all, the God of Israel. What changed her? The, the testimony of God entered in, and it softened her heart. And it's amazing to me, and there's no coincidence in this world, okay? There's no such thing as luck. God is sovereign, okay? God is working. And it's amazing to me how God will put us in places and surround us with people when He's trying to get our attention that He'll just hammer something in. That's like when you go to Sunday school. And the Sunday school teacher's teaching on something. And then the songs and the song service hammer the same thing. And then that, that old stinking preacher got to get up and preach the same thing. And man, I heard the three, three things, the same thing all day long. Well, hello. God's trying to tell us something. And it's amazing to me how when I see somebody, I'll reach out to them, begin to witness to them, and they'll begin to tell me how somebody just stopped them an hour before, or they heard something a day before. And God is taking the tidbits of all of everybody's testimony in His power and begins to soften the hearts of lost people. And as the Word of God is going out, and as His power is being extended out, it goes down into the hearts. And a heart that is so hard, and a heart that is so bitter, has to be softened before God can save it. Listen to me. God cannot save a hard heart. God cannot do anything with a hard heart. May I tell you, we live in a world full of hard hearts. We live in a world that can go out and murder and not even care about it. May I tell you, we live in a world full of sin, and they could care less. They don't care what you think about them, and they judge you if you judge them. I mean, it's horrible. They don't care. Let me tell you something. Their heart has been hardened. How do we change that? We share the goodness of God with them. And let the goodness of God melt the hearts. May I tell you, I have dealt with some people not long ago. Cathead made the statement, said, Preacher, I imagine you lost your feelings a long time ago. I said, I have. I lost them feelings a long time ago. I don't hardly have feelings left anymore. Because when you talk to people, there's no telling what they're going to tell you. There's no telling what they're going to say. But may I tell you, I have met some mean, mean people who hate the Word of God. I have seen some people who literally hate the name of Jesus. But I've seen God's people pour their love out on them. And I watched a woman for about three years that was just the meanest woman I ever met in my life. But the love of God began to reach her. And all the things that God people did for her began to chip away at that hardness. It took three years to soften her heart enough for her to be saved. But bless God, she got saved. But let me tell you something. God can't do anything with this hard heart. So as we talk about the goodness of God, as we share the things of God, remembering that God is using that to get somebody ready to do something for them. Isn't that awesome? You never know the impact that you might have with your testimony. And that's number three. It impacts the lives around us. How many times have the devil told you your testimony isn't really that much? Oh, don't share it. It's not going to do anything. Then people don't care. Then people not worried about what's going on in your life. I want you to look in Isaiah 55. Let me remind you, the devil's a liar. 
And if God lays on your heart to share the goodness of God with somebody, don't ever listen to his lies. Amen? He will give you 10,000 excuses why you can't share the goodness of God. And even as a preacher, I've got to remember this. Because, let's get real. I come up here three times a week and I preach. I've spent 20, 30, 40 hours studying all week long. In my mind, we ought to have 20 souls saved every Sunday. Amen. I got one amen on that. I mean, in my mind, because, man, I'm pouring out into this. But so many times I leave this place thinking, thinking, and the devil's got me thinking, that it's done no good. There's no good that has come from preaching the truth. And I want to give you this promise, Isaiah 55 and verse 11. And I go back to this very often. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. Isn't that a good promise? Aren't you glad, Brother Trey, as a preacher of the gospel, that his, his word will not return unto him void? I've got a promise that every time I declare the goodness of God, that something good is going to come from it. It may not be that immediate hour. It may not be that day. It may be two years. It may be three years. You never know. Notice what he said. But it shall accomplish that which I please. This is about His will, isn't it? And I come in here and I want to see this done and that done and that done. God has His own plan. And He's working it all out for His good and His will. May I tell you that His Word will accomplish exactly what He wants it to accomplish. If He wants you to be saved today, He will give you everything that you need in order to be saved. May I tell you, child of God, to get us where He wants us, He will give us everything that we need to give us the guidance to get to where He wants us to be. It will accomplish. God has a way of accomplishing His will. Isn't that amazing? The impact of lives. Think about this. This woman said, don't only save me, but save my mama. Save my daddy. Save my siblings. Save the people I love. The testimony was so good that it didn't just impact her. It impacted the people around her. And I noticed what she didn't say. She didn't say, I heard. She said, we heard. She didn't say, my heart. She said, our hearts have been melted. There's a plural in there. Her family, her friends was touched by the testimony of God. Just think about this. Some old redneck out there in the wilderness just begins to tell the story of what God has done. He probably thinks it's not going to go nowhere, but I've just got to share it. Man, it's awesome. And he went on, probably never thought another thing about it. But the next person took that and he began to go into Jericho and begin to share those things. And it may have went through ten people before it got to Rahab. And they never thought that sharing that would impact an entire family. They never thought that sharing the goodness of God would not only change a family, but would help to save a nation. God's fixing to use these people in a mighty way. Amen? And He's fixing to help His nation through these people in a mighty way. May I tell you, you never know the effects of your testimony. When you think that it has done zero good, God is using it. 
God is working. May I tell you, God is powerful. And He has taken the Word of God's people and He's carrying it out. And may I tell you that He is impacting lives. I shared this about a month ago and I'm going to share this again today because it's my testimony. Okay? And God's good and so I'm going to share how good God is. Kaylin come in one day and she had a genealogy. She said, we got to go through this genealogy. And I called my dad and and my mom, and I said, we got to go through this genealogy. And I've never in my life, 33 years, ever heard about my ancestors because they never talked about it. I didn't have grandparents. They passed away, and my, my parents early, when they were young, they passed away. I didn't know anything about them. Painful lifestyle, none of them went to church. My dad was raised in Indiana, never went to church till he was 20-something years old. As you all know now, he's a preacher. God used him in a mighty way. But we go through this, and it was painful to go back and trace back our ancestors. And there was a few few of them that had success. There was a surgeon there. Uh, my great-great-great-great-grandpa was a captain or something in the Civil War. I mean, it's just neat little tidbits. But nowhere in there that testified of the power of God. In fact, one of my uncles, I was talking to him, said, I can't even tell you. I don't want to tell you because you're a preacher and you can't hear that. (laughs) That's how bad it was. And then right after that, I went to a revival service down close to Bethel Baptist Church. Brother Tim Post is the pastor there. A friend of mine was preaching. I come in uh, right as the services was getting started. And uh, Brother Tim Post said, it's good to have Brother Josh Llewellyn, Pastor of Promised Land here. You pray. So I prayed at the end of the service. There was people around me that I've known for years. Got to talking to them. There was this little short man sitting over there. And he come over there. He had tears rolling down his eyes. And he said, Preacher, i got to talk to you and i got to share something with you. I said, okay. He said, my name is Johnny Legg. He said, years and years ago, I was a member at Rolling Road Baptist Church in Monroe, Louisiana. And one day we had visitation and I went out and I knocked on the door. And I knocked on the door of two boys, 20 plus years old boys, that was as rough as any kids I've ever seen in my life. He said, I was terrified to knock on their door. But he said, I want you to know that one of them boys was your daddy. And he said, I shared the gospel with them and I invited them to church. And what Johnny didn't know is my dad worked with one of his fellow church members, Bruce DeBrule, at the General Motors plant. And every day, Bruce DeBrule was chipping away at that hardness of that heart. Twenty-something years old, he begins to go to Rolling Road, Brother Adrian Jordan. Some of y'all remember him. And he heard the preaching of God's Word. A man that from seven kids, none of them been saved, none of them done anything for the Lord, but God has put this one man in a place where he could hear the goodness of God. And the goodness of God began to chip away. And the Lord saved my daddy. Not long after that, he met my mama, who hadn't for very long got saved. He surrendered to preach down there in Rolling Road. Been preaching uh, the gospel in one church for 35 years in West Monroe. I imagine it's up to thousands now that he's led to the Lord. He's got two boys that are preachers. Ain't never done a whole lot of good but I've tried to do right in the eyes of the Lord. 
And my daddy taught me to do that. You never know how many lives are impacted when you share the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you share your story. And I imagine when Johnny Legg woke up 40 years ago and he was going to go visit, I'm sure the devil gave him 10,000 excuses not to go knock on doors. I'm sure he told him, you've been working hard. You don't have to go out. I'm sure he told him, but I'm glad that day that that man said, get out of here, devil. i got to go share with people what God's done for me. May I tell you, families have been changed because of one man's testimony, because of one man's story. May I tell you, if God has been good to you, you tell it with everybody you come across. You tell it. You never know what it might do. It may take years, but God will use that testimony. I want you to stand. The altars are open. If you need to be saved, I want to encourage you to come down. If you're saved, and you hadn't been sharing that testimony, you say, Preacher, there's people in my life I need to share it with, I want you to pray right now that God would open that door.